I can tell y'all the Holy Spirit has been working hard in preparing for this sermon today and this service today because from the, the things that Nick has shared with you and the things that Brett has shared with you, there's a clear message of what we are supposed to hear this morning. Um, first of all, it is the first Sunday in Advent and it is the Sunday of hope and this Georgia fan is up here preaching on hope. Amen? That alone ought to tell you a lot about hope. I'm with you. Um, it's the first Sunday in December. There are 23 days left until Christmas. And that strikes fear and terror in many of our hearts because we still have a lot to do. It's pageant Sunday. We had 67 children in the Christmas pageant this morning. Karen um, on our staff worked with that and prepared them with one rehearsal on Friday. And oh, by the way, she had the women's gala earlier this week, in addition to all the other things that are going on. And of course, again, last night was, there was this game that left some of us kind of blue. It's, it's tough. We find ourselves in December often battling against chaos. Just open your calendar and look at it. It doesn't matter if you're a single person or a family of 20. Your calendar is crazy. There are things like that we begin to wonder about, and some of these might sound trivial, but others, you know, it's to each his own. It's your priorities are your priorities. Are your house lights up? Are you going to put house lights up? Is your tree trimmed? Have you got all that you need to make your Christmas dinner? Do you need to start making cookies now and put those in the freezer? Do you need to start working on the invitations for Christmas dinner? Have you got your Christmas presents bought? Or do you even know what you're going to buy? Has family even give you a good enough, given you a good enough idea to know who will be at the table on Christmas Eve? What service are you going to? We have them at, four, at 11, 4, 6, and 11. Take your pick. Stress. Hobby Lobby. Oh, that, those two words alone. Hobby Lobby, family crises. They don't pay attention to the fact that it's December. Things get crazy. They get out of hand. You know, whoever wrote Easy Like Sunday Morning didn't have kids to get ready on Sunday morning. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. And it's okay. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to feel just like you've got to get out of it out of a place right then. It's okay to set a boundary and say, I've got to have five minutes for me. Five minutes to sit, sit still and know that God is God and trust him to be the one to get us through. I mean, he, he, the whole purpose of Christmas, we're talking about him breaking into our world coming and being here fully human, fully divine, walking with us, 
coming to love us and teach us what God's love is all about, what hope is all about. And I don't mean to be sexist here, but moms, ladies, you might have a little more pressure than the rest of us because we're typically the ones, maybe not in your house, but moms have a lot of stress on them. If you were up on the children's wing this morning and you saw moms trying to get crowns straight and and costumes straight and get the sheep to be quiet as they prepare to go in at the right time in the pageant, you know what I'm talking about. So this morning, I want us to take a little time and think about all that holiday stress, but also think about the example that God gave to us. This Advent season, we're going to be looking at what the baby might have seen who the faces around the manger were, what lessons perhaps their lives teach as this child, this child of God, this child of Mary and Joseph would come into the world and teach us. Mary, oh goodness, I can't imagine the stress she went through. Can you imagine, here she is, an ordinary girl, She was probably not from a wealthy family. And here she is, she's betrothed or engaged to be married. She is waiting to begin her life, begin a family. She's probably dreaming of what it's going to be like to have a family, probably looking towards the customs down the road, wondering what it's going to be like to host Passover and all these different things. And an angel appears telling her that not only is her cousin who would fit in the senior group in our day and time is going to have a baby who never could have a baby, but that she, this teenage girl who's not anything special, she's she's a teenage girl like all other teenage girls, And the angel comes and stands before her and he tells her, you are going to have the Son of God. And she says, how can this be? I think I might have been going like, okay, like, I ate something really bad. But she's sitting there and she's she's encountered with an angel. First of all, I think that alone would be intimidating. And then to hear... You know, she's, she's not married yet. She's, she's not at a point in life where children have even been a possibility. So how is God going to do this? And how is God going to bring the Messiah through a flesh and blood baby? We have, we have enough trouble trying to figure out how God came and was fully human and fully divine at the same time, but for her to sit there and, and she, you know, she's, she's getting that firsthand. She's the first one to get the news. And she's hearing this and thinking, hold, hold on. And then, I don't know which came first in her mind, but I would guess that either her family or Joseph popped into her mind next. A pregnant, unwed teenage mom could have been stoned to death. She could have been just 
exiled by Joseph, just pushed to the curb. The risk she would take for God's call on her life was a life and death risk. And it wasn't a neat and tidy picture. You know, um, St. Francis of Assisi in 1223 is the one who began to carve figures that we now know as our nativity scenes. And in those scenes, Mary is always so pristine. I mean, if you saw Anne Marie as Mary this morning, she was the perfect Mary. They are glowing. They are idyllic. They are iconic figures of Mary. And we sit and we see this motherly glow that she's exuding and all is right in her world. And she's, her clothes are prim and proper and clean. And the hay is just so in the manger and the babies, you know, the baby's got to be having that good baby smell. Like when they're clean and changed and bathed and all those things. Joseph is there being the supportive husband. People are coming, bringing him gifts, coming to worship the king. She's in this blue garment and there's just, there's no stress. It's this beautiful, peaceful image. Now it's time to get real. (laughs) If we think about the Christmas story, we're told in the Christmas story the shepherds were watching their flocks by night. That probably means it was pretty hot during the day. And here Mary and Joseph have come from Nazareth to Bethlehem on an 80-mile journey. She is pregnant, like pregnant, pregnant, y'all like ready to, about to give birth, and she has been riding on a donkey or walking for 80 miles. And she didn't have a whole pull-behind luggage cart full of fresh clothes to change into. She might have worn the same clothes the whole journey. She might have had to change clothes. They probably didn't smell real good. The roads were probably not very smooth. Joseph was probably kind of grumpy, first of all, because, you know, his, his idea of their life has changed. An angel had to come to him, too, and, and have, help him to see that this is all part of the plan that God has to bring salvation to the world. But still, we can be grumpy when we get a call from God. Amen? And be like, okay, God, you know, you really could have picked somebody better. For this, you know, why are you why are you putting this on me? <clears throat> and here they've gone eighty miles, nine months pregnant. Joseph has had to leave his carpentry shop to go and pay taxes in Bethlehem because you couldn't just fill out a ten forty and send it into the IRS and wait to get something back in the mail. You had to go, you had to be counted, and you had to pay taxes, and you had to check in. And the Roman authorities were people who were very intimidating during that time. So Joseph has not only had to go to pay taxes and go 80 miles on a donkey with a pregnant wife, but he's had to leave behind a carpentry business and, leave, and take the time to go and miss out on perhaps the income that he could have had. And he... He was likely not a rich person either. So here they are, 
on their way, they are starting their journey in economic hardship. And it, it might seem a little blasphemous to the peaceful nativity scene, but y'all, I bet they argued somewhere along the way. Who in here has taken a trip with their spouse and not argued? Please, somebody raise their hand. I don't see one. I kind of figured I knew the answer to that question, but I was going to ask it anyway. You know, she could have been looking at him like, Joseph, now why didn't you go on hot wire? You could have called up the Bethlehem hotline and found a place for us to stay. Not only that, but he had, they went to, the, to Bethlehem because that's where his family was from. That's where his lineage was from. So did he have family there? Were they estranged? We don't know. We don't know because we don't have all the details of the Christmas story, but what we do know is they get there and there's no room at the end. And so they're told, well, you can go to the manger. Again, the nativity scene. We have these pretty little animals that don't stink. If you, have you been to a barn before? Oh my goodness, the aroma of a farm is unique. It will wake you up. People who were traveling probably had their animals staying at the manger because that was the animal hotel. So it wasn't just their donkey that was there. We don't know what all animals were there, but this, this would not have been a neat and tidy place. And it wasn't like the clean delivery rooms that we have at Piedmont Noonan and different places, different hospitals. They didn't have children's hospitals standing nearby and all those different things. No, I'm, she's giving birth in a barn, y'all. Mary had just a little bit of stress in her life. So here's the good news. The Christmas story is all about the good news because of Jesus Christ. And we can name our own list of things. Some of us have had a November calendar that makes the December calendar look like a summer vacation. And we're going in going, whew, thank goodness December's here, even with all we have to do. All of us could name stresses in our life. All of us can tell the, the pressures that are on us. And you know, if you flip through Facebook, you're going to get those pretty profile pictures because we don't put the stressed picture out there as our profile picture. No, we put the one with just the right selfie angle with the tree behind us and the lights on and our smile. I mean, the little crest, ding, could be coming off our teeth. We have our social media profile. We have our face we put on when things are tough. Just kind of like the nativity scene. And we attempt to convince the world that our, our lives are bundles of hope and joy and peace and love and harmony. But we're just as normal as Mary. This time of year, we get really quick. We snap really easy. We um, get emotional, especially if you've lost a loved one. Our time and our resources are limited. Our, our houses, just the clutter. We're not even going to talk about that. We are pulled in all kinds of directions. School, 
family, church, work, shopping, you name it. The song may say it's the most wonderful time of the year, and in many ways it is, but it's also the most hectic time of the year. So how did the authentic Mary, the one who Jesus saw, she was probably the first face he saw, how did the authentic Mary, mother of Jesus, live? You know, her son was watching her. Her son was watching her as he grew. And she probably taught him the same lessons that I think she teaches us. There's three things that I want to share with you that she did today, all that come from the Christmas story. But I want to read to you some scripture first. Now, this is when the angel has come to Mary in Luke 1. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, how, how can this happen? I'm not married. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one is, who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's Son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. I'm just going to say that one more time. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. We know that Mary then went and spent time with Elizabeth. The baby leapt in her womb. And we go on and we go into the Christmas story in Luke 2. And after we hear how the shepherds and angels have come, how the child has been born, we hear in Luke 2, 19, these words. Mary committed these things to memory and pondered them in her heart. Oh, the lessons she taught us. First of all, Mary surrendered herself to the will of God. Um, there's many, many songs about Mary. One is by Francesca Batelli, and it's called Be Born in Me, and it's it's coming from Mary's perspective, and I think she captures what Mary might have been feeling pretty well as Mary first stood in awe and shock, complete shock, and then surrender. Everything inside me cries for order. Everything inside me wants to hide. 
Is this shadow an angel or a warrior? If God is pleased with me, why am I so terrified? Someone tell me I'm only dreaming. Someone help me see with heaven's eyes and before my head agrees, my heart is on its knees. Holy is he. Blessed am I. All this time we've waited for the promise. All this time you've waited for my arms. Did you wrap yourself inside the unexpected so that we might know that love would go that far? I am not brave. I'll never be. The only thing my heart can offer is a vacancy. I'm just a girl, nothing more, but I am willing. I am yours. Be born in me. This is a prayer we all can pray. Be born in me, trembling heart. Somehow I believe that you chose me. I'll hold you in the beginning. You will hold me in the end. Every moment in the middle, make my heart your Bethlehem. Be born in me. Mary, just it amazes me. If you've read the Magnificat, her song in... Um, in Luke 1, she praises God in that moment of surrender. She says, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. We all like the movies, right? There's this thing about watching movies that requires us to suspend belief and suspend reality for a story to unfold and for us to take it in and enjoy it and have it stick with us. Hollywood's really good at that. I have a hunch Mary had to do a bit of stepping out on faith to be the participant she was in this story. She had to have, this is the second thing, she had to have the big picture in mind. She had to be able to step back and say, you know what, this is bigger than this moment when God is laying this on me, when this is how my life is unfolding, when this is all the stress that I'm under, when this isn't the neatest and the tidiest of things. There's a long-range plan for this, and God is going to do something awesome with it. And so she continues in her song, Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones, lifted up the lowly filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away empty-handed. He's come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. That is the song of someone who can see the big picture. When we have leaders in our midst who can see the big picture, we trust a little bit more. We know that they're confident in the vision that 
is laid before them. They're confident in the call God has placed on their life. And we are confident in our ability to have faith. And so Mary was confident in God's vision. She could, she could have faith in that. She could see the fact that this is a situation that only God can deliver on. She could not have caused the birth of Jesus. She could not have caused that pregnancy. Only God could. She offered her life. She stepped out and she said, yes, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm going to trust you. I don't understand this. But I'm going to trust you. She could have stood there and given him all the reasons and said, look, God, Joseph's going to be really mad. My parents are going to think that I have been disrespectful and dishonorable to the life they wanted to have for me and that they've raised me better than this. Are people going to believe me? You know, pick somebody else, God. But she didn't. She remembered that whether it was the moment of her life that was going to cause individual crisis, there was a bigger picture. She also realized that the stresses that she was under were temporary. And y'all, when we're under stress, I I remember one of the best lessons in residency uh, in the journey to ordination that I received was stop and breathe. We forget. Just stop and take a breath. Everybody... You do that a couple of times, you'll start feeling better. If you stop and take a breath, you'll probably make a better decision. If you stop in the store and you say, you know what? Okay. I've got this day and this other day on the calendar to finish my list. I'm going to take a breather. I'm take five minutes for myself. I'm going to have some time with God, remember what this season is about, and then I'm going to come back. And know that you're going to give me the strength to do this. I'm going to be able to take a breath in the midst of family discord. Take a breath and take time for me and pray. Not just for me, but for my family. To be in the word. To trust that the promise of the child who would be called the Prince of Peace can come into my family. To love me. To love them. To let us love each other. She surrendered, she had the big picture in mind, and the third thing she did was she pondered them in her heart. Mary knew something amazing was about to happen and unfold. She made memories. I saw this morning as Addie Weldon sang Gentle Mary, Gary is in the back dodging people with his phone, making sure he gets that moment on video because he's treasuring that. He's going to hold that in his heart, just like Anne-Marie and all the other children this morning. That's treasured in our heart. And y'all, I'll just admit it. I cry every time the angels pop up and say, and, I'll, and, I'll, and the angels saying glory to God in the highest. I'm a mess. I'm, I'm just, I'm done for then. It'll happen next week at a holy night. Just, I make sure I have my tissues. Those are the moments Those are the moments that she would hold. You know, a year from now, 
we can laugh at things. Maybe two. It's funny how memories come from challenges that make us better. They refine us. They lighten us. But in that moment that we're making them, they feel awfully tough. Okay. I'm going to give you my version of Christmas vacation, only it was Thanksgiving vacation. And so, um, over Thanksgiving, I went um, with my friend Rick to go meet his grandbaby, Max. Isn't Max cute? Max is a precious little baby, and I got to, like, hold him while he slept. Y'all, I got to do that for, like, three hours. My arms were tired, but it was worth it. And so we are there, we are enjoying Thanksgiving, we are having, you know, the holidays. And by the way, Max's mother just happens to be named Mary. Mary has, Mary is a graduate student at Princeton. Her husband just received his doctorate, hers is about a year away. He has just taken a church and they've had to move. So she has followed her husband. Now she was pregnant when she followed him no stress, a pregnancy, a move, new church, new home, had to find the home and buy it. Being a new mom, first time out, not knowing what to do. I thought she was a natural and I told her that, but her face very quickly told me she learned as she went. Well, we arrive at their house and I got to do this. So here we are, and we go knocking up, you know, we go up the stairs, and we knock, and we're standing here, and Rick's standing here, and I'm standing here, and Mary's saying, y'all come in, and I go straight in, right through the screen door. Yep, I killed their screen door. Um, Because I just, I didn't, you couldn't see it, it was so dark, you couldn't see it, and I just walked right through that puppy. I had no idea a metal frame inset on a screen door could crumple that fast, but it can, And so, guess where we went? Home Depot. It was the hardware store that was closest by. And while we were there, we started laughing about how we're going to laugh at this in a year. Her Christmas present is a storm door, by the way. Um, (laughs) um, So we started laughing about that, and we accidentally stumbled into the Christmas decorations. So, new home. We decided we were going to make some memories. You know, we surrendered the fact that the door was dead. We surrendered um, and looked at the big picture and said, you know, that wasn't the greatest door. You need to get a new, better door anyway. You live in Pennsylvania, and it's just cold here. So let's get you one that's good and insulated. So the next thing I know, we're like, okay, well, let's think about the stuff in your yard. Let's get some lights. So boom. It was 20 degrees with the wind chill. But we were out there because the best time to put lights up is in the dark, apparently. And so we worked on the lights and, um, you know, had two sides of the tree to get covered and whatnot. And one of the things that um, Mary saw that she wanted for the yard, because we were looking and we were trying, you know, you got to have a symmetrical yard. you got to make it look good. And so she decided she needed a big piece of yard art. Well, we looked at some of the goofy things, and she said, you know, I really think I want a nativity. So we looked up, and 
Um, that's her hanging ornaments in the tree. And you see the nativity there on the left. Y'all, those things are not easy to put together. It took us six hours. The instructions, I know, good Lord, that's right. I'm fairly handy. So are the other three of us who were there, but the pegs didn't want to match up just right. You know, they had gotten wonky in the box and all that. And so we finally, we had given up on it the night before, but we finally got it together. Now, I want you to notice Mary is all pristine and the sunlight is even like popping a little ray right there through her and Jesus. Even in that nativity, she's pristine and perfect. But that took some work to pull together. In those moments... We had to do a little bit of surrendering to God and stepping aside and taking five minutes and saying, you know, okay, what is this time about? We had to look at the big picture as we picked things for her home, not just the storm door, but the lights, the nativity, you know, things that she would want from year to year to year. And every single one of us pondered those moments in our hearts and felt blessed to walk away. Can't say that it was a stress-free time. Can't say that it was a stress-free journey there and back, but, you know, God is at work. God was at work in that story from my Thanksgiving, and God was at work in your story, and God is at work in the story of Mary. One of my favorite places to go um, is, I work with some students at CSU, and one of my favorite places we go is to Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, and um, that was Martin Luther King Jr.'s church, and there's a lady there by the name of Wanda Battle, and if you ever get a chance to go and hear her, please go do it, but she stood there yesterday, um, or not yesterday, Friday, my days are confused, she stood there Friday, and she was talking to a group of students who were there at the same time as our tour. And she said, you all have on the best faces right now, but I know some of you are hurting. I know some of you are struggling. I know some of you might even be suicidal. Some of you might have the weight of the world on you and others may be ashamed of something you've done or be afraid of what your friends are going to think. I don't know. But let me tell you something, you have a light to shine, and 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 you have a light to shine. And she hit every person in that room with that light. And she said, don't you dare let the light that he has given you go out. She said, you hold on. She said, you surrender to that, and you look, and you look long term because God is going to do an amazing thing through you. Those kids will hold that memory. Those kids' lives are changed. Mary, gentle Mary. Pristine Mary in our nativity scenes reminds us that when God calls, 
when he stands before us that it's okay to say, how can this be? It's okay to embrace it, to surrender to it. I'm going to close with um, one of my favorite Christmas songs. Y'all, it's real. First time I heard it, I thought, we all need to hear that every Christmas. This is written by Amy Grant, and I think it's a prayer that each of us can relate to, a song that each of us can sing in our hearts as we surrender ourselves to God, as we look at the big picture of what he's calling us to so that we can have hope, and as we hold these memories in our hearts of how God is at work. Here are the lyrics. I've made the same mistake before. Too many malls, too many stores, December traffic, the Christmas rush, it breaks me till I push and I shove. Children are crying. Mothers are trying to photograph Santa and sleigh, the shopping and buying and standing forever in line. What can I say? December comes, then disappears faster and faster every year. Amen? Did my own mother keep this pace, or was the world a different place? Where people stayed home wishing for snow, watching three channels on their TV. Look at us now, rushing around, trying to buy Christmas peace. What was it like back there in Bethlehem with peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Every shepherd is out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were so afraid. And the angel said, fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. For unto you this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord is born and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace. I need a silent night, a holy night, to hear an angel's voice through the chaos and the noise. I need a midnight clear, a little peace right here in this crazy day with a silent night. Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord, we are standing here at the dawning of Advent, and the world just feels overwhelming. The demands on our time, the, the things that we need to do to, to feel like we've done everything we should to make Christmas just perfect, because we love our families, we love each other, we... we we want to reach out. We want to share the joy, the hope, the peace, the love that you give us through your son, Jesus Christ. And God, it's, it's intimidating. We do need that silent night. We need Mary's example of being willing to say, I am here, use me. It, it may sidetrack my plans, it may interrupt my life, but God, take me and use me. I'm your servant May it be for me as you have said.
and then let us embrace the messiness of that call. The messiness of the things you have in store for us each and every day. Let us embrace it, God. Let our hearts be your Bethlehem and be born in us today and every day. We thank you for the hope of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.